So one of the things that makes Naughty Dog special is our insane attention to detail. And that comes from just extreme amount of research. So whether it's researching a theme, let's say this, this idea of retribution or justice, like we would read a ton of books and look at movies and even watch like interviews and news programs about stuff that's going on in the world and then discuss it among ourselves, like what's happening here? What can we draw from this? How can we base these fictional characters on reality to make them feel more authentic? Our hope with this game is to create the most authentic characters that you've seen in a game. Not just Ellie, not just Joel, but that every character you see is dimensional. Obviously, in telling a character-driven story, you have to create characters. And it starts with a story concept that then can develop into level ideas and more specific narrative beats. Once we kind of have a good understanding of the narrative that we're after, we could start writing scripts. And that's really the first time the characters come to life and they're speaking, even though it's just words on the page. Now they're becoming more specific. And the next step after that is to either bring in the existing cast from the first game, such as Ashley Johnson, who played Ellie, and Troy Baker, who played Joel, or casting new characters. And they're interpreting the material and bringing their knowledge of these characters and their take on these characters to life. I think authenticity from every department has been kind of a, a goal or a focus, whether or not that's in the animations and how we're mocapping or in the effects and how we're simulating you know, the different elements to get the effect look that we want in game. We wanted it to be as realistic as possible, as believable as possible, so that as you're playing, you can hopefully get fully invested in it and fully immersed. And we didn't want to have a character moment where it's unbelievable, both from a narrative and visual standpoint. Some other advances that we've had is like now we can like make veins pop on their forehead if like they're really angry, or likewise there's we can redden their skin. Could be based on emotion or could be based on what's happening to them physically. How red their eyes can get is controllable. How tears flow off their eyes and their face is all new um, tech that we've developed for this game. Oh, hey, we got another trespasser, a girl. Did you see her? Additionally, we have this human nuance to our human enemies uh, that makes the situations that you're in so much more terrifying and emotionally affecting than they would be otherwise because at almost every turn we've gone as far as we possibly can go to make our human enemies feel as human as possible. I got something. Shit. Let's get in there. You can hear the enemies calling out, looking for you, and giving you slight little uh, gameplay hints as to what they're going to do, and so you can try to plan around it. What is it? Someone took them out! We got something. I'll go see what's up. So whether that's the nuance of their awareness system of like what they should know about and when, how they convey knowledge to their friends, to the kind of emotional content of the game. So when they refer to each other by name, when they scream in anguish, when they see their friend die, when they, they scream in anger as they're like kind of trying to hunt you down or, or attack you. 
they feel real and it makes the situation that you're in feel real in a way that you haven't seen before and, and you might not be ready for. There was a ton of research that was done into foliage and different kind of foliage that exists in different parts of the country to make those areas feel authentic. Studying local architecture of wherever we are and making sure that feels authentic. We took three trips up to Seattle. We actually got photo scanned out of like natural elements in the forests and went through and walked the path of Ellie through Seattle to actually get as much reference that we could. And that was anything from going you know, inside buildings and taking pictures of signs on the wall to various bus stops and awnings around the, the world. Like we're trying to find those kind of iconic details and bring them into the environment that once we get it into the final game, it's like it all comes together to hopefully make something as believable as we can. Hopefully with all these things combined, it, it gives you the feeling that you're playing a Naughty Dog game. This is what we go for. I feel like these are all real people. I feel like this is a real place. I feel like this was a real situation that I was in and that I handled it in a way that makes sense if this was real life. In terms of emotional spectrum, like what was your reaction to walking through the story of the second game with Neil and everybody? How long did it take to do it? Like a month? <laughs> <laughs> it's a two and a half hour presentation. Yeah, so we were here last year, we were talking about how they both heard kind of a short pitch and since then, our, our legion of concept artists back in Naida, we, we had a presentation that was like over 200 images and we walked the team, including uh, uh, Troy and Ashley, through the entire story beginning to end. Mm. Um, I was pretty nervous pitching it to them. How'd you feel returning to your characters? So excited. I, I mean, I, uh, for anybody who, who knows me, this is uh, this game. Oh, I love you. He doesn't just know <laughs> you. He loves um, you. This game means so much to me and just the experience that I've had on it and the friends and family that I've made through this game, even outside of the game, this, it, it's changed my life. So um, returning to this is just the best thing ever. Like, I just... You know, when we finished the first game, I was bugging Neil all the time, like, oh, is there going to be a second one? When are we going to do it? What's it going to be about? So finally, when he, you know, sort of gave me the pitch for it the first time, and then again, Hallie and Neil gave me the pitch, and I was just sobbing and you know not just I, just because I, I'm joy. just tears of joy and just so <laughs> excited to be back in it and um, it's I'm so excited about this one. Do you feel like playing Ellie has helped? Do you feel like it's had a, an effect on, on your personality, your perception of self? Like, are there aspects of her character that you wish you emulated or aspects of her that emulate you? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, I, I actually feel like Ellie is the closest character to me as a person than anything I've played. I don't know if maybe that's why I feel such an attachment to it. Um, I mean, but also because you, I mean, when you work on a video game, you're working on it for years, and it's the first time that I've had that experience before. But um, I don't know. I feel like through that time, it's impossible to not sort of weave into each other and become become one. Wow. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a special and cool thing to yeah. make something for that long. So can you, like, shoot a bow and arrow super good? 
Well, <laughs> I can, but I've actually learned after the game because um, some good friends of ours, uh, Patrick and Jenny, uh, maybe they're watching somewhere, maybe not. Maybe they'll see it later. Maybe they won't. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But they're awesome. Um, they, <laughs> hey, thanks. Um, they're actually amazing. So we've been, you know, they've completely shot me, taught me how to shoot and um, turns out it's actually pretty fun. Yeah. And I love it. So I have my own bow now and it's... I, I, I love it, but that's just been, I, I think maybe I'm slowly melding, melding into Ellie, which is a little scary. Probably not going to kill anybody, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, There's let's just time. try and get through the rest of this panel, yeah. keeping that true. Uh, so then Neil's God, <laughs> if uh, you're slowly becoming Ellie. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. But I know we've been talking here, and poor little Hallie's been in the corner. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Hallie Gross is now a co-writer, uh, part Woo! of The Last of Us 2. Yay! <laughs> Um, but she comes from a background uh, doing television, some of the programs you may have heard of. Anybody here heard of, like, Westworld? Yeah. yeah! Yeah! So, yeah, how's that been, transitioning from television, video games? It's awesome. It's really been exciting. Um, it's uh, a whirlwind change. Um, ultimately, narrative is narrative, and that's really exciting, and dynamic characters are dynamic characters, but it's been really wonderful to get to work in an environment where you're not just building a story with other writers, but with designers and artists and editors and working collaboratively to try and make the best game ever. Mm, Pretty yes. exciting. And, and it is, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, had you played the game before? I had, I had, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I took the job. I got this email from my agents being like, yo, yo, Neil Druckmann wants to talk to you about a super top secret job how do you feel about writing for games? And I was like, in all caps, just absolutely period. <laughs> and now I'm, now I'm sitting here. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Do you, I guess, what is, um, what's that experience like though? Because to be simultaneously a fan of something and then a part of engineering it like into reality, do you feel like, is it just as exciting as an experience still? It's a daunting experience, you know? Um, you have this, like, very, like, this amazing thing, and you're like, I really hope I'm not the, you know, I don't mess it up. Well, you will That's be the me. scapegoat. I promise yes. you. If the game sucks, everyone will blame only you. I mean, but that's... It's gonna happen on Reddit, yeah. Potentially fair. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Neil, do you think that she's ruined the game? <laughs> but I don't write anything because I'm... Just the token yeah, woman, yeah, so yeah. it's fine. I don't. It's you don't let her near a computer, dude. Well, what was awesome with with Hallie is like I remember the first day we're going over the story and like I'm like okay I'm pretty confident about the opening, pretty confident about the ending, this big giant middle part, not so sure. And already the first day we started wrestling with these ideas and she already had like awesome ideas. I want to say one of them, but I'm not. I know going you can't. To. I know exactly. Yeah, you can't. Uh, get used <laughs> to it. We got, we got 38 minutes to try and hope somebody slips up, guys. Uh, whatever. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. I'm doing no. it. I'm doing it. No. You're going to slip up? It. No. What are you doing? What's he going to so, do? Uh, after the first day, Hallie goes home and talks to her husband, and she's like, I think I got someone pregnant. <laughs> and you'll see what That's that it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so cool. I specifically recall asking about that. 
Um, wow, yeah, that's great. So, <laughs> other questions. Token woman. Oh, TV versus game. <laughs> <laughs> We've covered uh, that, yeah. We covered that, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, it's really exciting, like, I love TV, and I love the collaborative process of a writer's room, and I never knew you could have that, like, tenfold with people who think not just narratively, but they also think, you know, the, everybody at Naughty Dog is just the best at what they do, and so they'll come to you with, like, you know, Neil and I will say, okay, here's what the emotional beat is, um, and then the art department will have its ideas, and the design department will have its ideas, and what we started with becomes this, like, much, much better, fuller thing, and that's really exciting. Tell them about fail states. I learned about fail states! Guys, that's... <laughs> What's a fail state? Okay, so... So I came into games, I play games, but I didn't really know much about games, and so I've had to learn this whole, like, I know what IGCs are now, fail states, I'm really proud of myself. So fail states yeah. are when you're in gameplay, uh, and, like, I remember I was pitching, I have to be so careful right now. Uh, pitching something I that was, was going to I was pitching just, like, a character having to go from one location to another, in a space that the player will never have experienced before. And I'm like, okay, so this character goes there. And Neil goes, well, how do they know where they're going? It's like, well, what's the fail state? And I was like, in TV, we don't have to deal with these things. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I still barely know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like you, you have to, you have to uh, anticipate what happens if... They, they if, don't the player, if the, the player goal. doesn't do what you want, yeah. then that's usually a problem with like when we have a bunch of like great story ideas and you're like, yeah, but what if the player doesn't do that? Mm. Then you have to always have ways to deal with that. To, to oh, oh, a way so that way they die. Oh, good, good to know. It doesn't mess with how you interact with people, you know, making video games and predicting actions. Oh, mm. long mm. silence there, everybody. <laughs> Tell them how PUBG has affected your life. <laughs> Guys, I have a boyfriend. His name is PUBG. <laughs> His name is PUBG. I don't His know what PUBG. PUBG is either. I just like this game. <laughs> PUBG. You don't wait. I'll learn. I'll learn. Okay, I'll, okay. I'll hear we'll all. We'll get into it another time. You yes. just you murder a lot of people, and it's awesome. It's fine. So, Great. Um, so uh, let's uh, hear a little bit about you guys. So, uh, is this your first time working in video games? Uh, it is my first experience. Yeah, I've never done anything like this before. I've only been on. Uh, one other show. Wow. But you have experience? Um, I did one other video <laughs> game prior in 2011, and I haven't done motion capture before in a video game. So oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, dude. So, first of all, this is a pretty high bar to set to be thrust into this position. Uh, <laughs> Last of Us Part Two. So, great first gig. <laughs> uh, but then, okay, let's talk a little bit about that. We saw that your characters are, are super, super physical. Um, were you heavily involved in the motion capture experience? Um, so I'm actually not a fit person, like I don't work out <laughs> at all. So uh, that scene where Lev vaults over the wall, they had me like running down and jumping over a wall and I remember Neil was like, can you, can you do like a five foot or how was it, like three foot vault? And I was like, um, <laughs> I guess. You know, those are questions so, Neil asks everyone. When we met, he was like, five foot vault? Yeah. <laughs> so by, by the end of the shoot, um, my legs were like trembling and I was totally sore the next day, so. Yeah. So you enjoyed the experience. <laughs> oh, oh, totally. 100%. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, I uh, love running around and, uh, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. 
Uh, for me, it was also my first time doing stunts and anything of the like, and so like being thrown down onto a mat um, and getting my arm hit with a, a foam hammer. That was <laughs> that uh, was brutal. Oh, I know. The first time I saw that, no, the first they, time I saw the trailer, the foam it was one with you? like I thought. Oh. <laughs> no. no, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, the whole experience was so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, were you two previous fans of the games at all? What was the audition experience like? Did you know, you know, going into it, who you were playing exactly? Um, actually, Neil reached out to the uh, director of the show that I was on, The OA, and that's how I got the role. Um, I did a couple of it's a great show. like self-tapes and auditions and stuff, but I pretty much went into it knowing who I was going to play. So Very cool. Yeah. I wish I knew who you were going to play. <laughs> <laughs> and then how about for you, Victoria? Um, actually, my mom was the one who actually found out about this game, and it was a code name at the time, so it wasn't even... The Last of Us, um, and we together we went in and told my agent about it because we knew that this character was like something um, that I, I I I felt connected to. Like I really felt attached to her. Mm. Uh, right as I read her character description, I know that's insane, but um, yeah, we went in and I did a couple. I did a self tape, and then maybe two weeks later, a callback. And that's when I found out that <laughs> it was Last of Us. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I know you guys were also in uh, involved in the design of the characters. Um, I actually think we have an image of the two characters side by side. Is there one that we can... Yes, the power! <laughs> wow. Yeah, so you guys, you guys look related, maybe? Yes. Siblings. Siblings, in fact. Yes. Is that true, Neil? That is true, yeah. yeah. The, the cool thing is, like, um, like Ashley and Troy and, and even and Laura play characters that don't look like themselves. This is one of the few times we've done digital doubles, but because we knew these characters are siblings, we actually kind of blended their features together to, like, really make them feel like they, they come from the same lineage. Yeah, I'm checking it out, and I think you guys did a pretty good job. Speaking of Laura, I'm sorry that oh, I haven't... Hi. Hi. How's it going over there? Okay, <laughs> so you, um, I'm going to refer to your character. I know we really don't know much about you, yeah, uh, secret, but I do secrets. know... Yeah, we, a lot of people call her Mystery Woman. Um, I have a couple more names, too. I like it. Um, if we can get a picture of her. Uh, Lady Hammer. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, the Gun Show. Ha. Yeah. <laughs> Call her that. Yeah. And yeah. Casual Butch. Oh. <laughs> no, that's nice. Yeah. 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 Do you do you feel charming? Like, charming, right? Yeah. Casual. Butch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, do you feel like since playing Lady Hammer, uh, <laughs> you have decided to work out more or less? Oh, I fully started working out. <laughs> like the minute I w so. Actually, funny story, last year, I was doing the Lost Legacy panel, and I was asked, are you excited? Did you see anything about The Last of Us? You're excited about The Last of Us Part Two? And I knew at that time that I was cast, and I couldn't say anything, and it was <gasps> awful. So I'm on the stage like, yeah, yeah, Ashley and Troy are just great. I'm sure it's going to be fabulous. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started working out like crazy because of it, and um, wow, I'm not anywhere close to the gun show, but uh, <laughs> see, guys, all of these work is. But me. I am, you know, trying to yeah. get there. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. She's a beast, by the way. Oh, she totally you. has gun shows or <laughs> gun show. It's all covered by this <laughs> by this there's blazer. So many gun shows. It's she cut totally all underneath gun here. Shows. It's, it's pure muscle. Yeah. But you have been involved again, like with uh, Ian and Victoria, in the motion capture experience. Yeah. How much of this did you have to perform? 
All of, uh, all of it. All of it? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we have, an, I have the most amazing stunt double, Jesse Graff, who is phenomenal. Um, and the day that we were shooting, they had like blocked out the entire scene with her. And then Neil came up to me and he was like, how comfortable do you feel with uh, all that? I'm like, let me do it. Please let me do it. So they put me in the harness and you know, they had the noose around my neck. So that whole scene of getting thrown down and then yanked up and everything, we did all of that. Wow. And um, we kept the, you know, the noose isn't actually choking me, but they kept a good amount of tension so that, you know, while she's being <laughs> choked, that you would get the neck tension right. and there would actually be that <coughs> guttural sort of sound. So. Oh, my God. Do we have any images from any of the motion capture experiences? <gasps> we oh do. Hey, Macarena, look at that. Wow. Look at us. Look at you guys. You guys are... A, so do you guys become a trio? Can I ask that? I don't know. Can you? I can Look, ask. I, got, I have special boots. I have special mocap boots, which makes my walk cool. Oh, wow. That looks so yeah. intense. I mean, you know, so clearly your character is 100% a badass, right? Yeah. You can you confirm or deny? I can say that, right? Yeah, yeah, we can see that. That's incredible. Sorry, this is where myself as a fan, I get so caught up in trying to analyze the details. Look at that. So you've never done any physical physical work like this before? No, I have not. It was <laughs> it was definitely uh, like a dream come true for me. Yeah, yeah, I've always wanted to do something like this. And Neil, with these characters, can you tell us a little bit about what I guess your your hope for them, if there is such a word in your world, uh, <laughs> would be <laughs> as characters in this game. There is hope. There are lighthearted moments in The Last of Us, uh, but it's all surrounded with, with, with this other thing that we're trying to say. Yeah, even with this trailer, like we've been talking about this, this theme of hate, and you're seeing these two groups and how they're reacting to one another. Uh, and a lot of the story is this kind of um, about this sense of pursuing justice and the positive and negative and kind of like the really messy gray area that, that can occupy that. So we're seeing... Yara and Lev be belonging to this religious group, and they've left for some reason. Uh, and this circumstance of the scene has caused them to align themselves with someone that they would normally hate and um, see as less than human, which right. is uh, Mystery Woman, Guncho, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Guncho seems to be sticking. Yeah. Yeah. I really thought Lady Hammer would be the winner. <laughs> uh, well, it's interesting because, you know, here you have the infected, obviously, and you, you've, you would assume that presented with a common crisis, presented with a common threat, there are kind of two ways that humanity can go. We can either be divided into multiple factions or be united as one, and then hopefully get to like the Star Trek universe, which is all I'm waiting for, really. Uh, but it's clear, after watching this, one of the things I was most excited about personally as a fan is that it seems like there's a cult aspect now. There's like a religious following. Um, I don't know where the military's at. Where are they, what are they infected up to? Still infecting? The fireflies? What's going on with them? Can any of those things be told to me? <laughs> <laughs> those are all things that in some way or another are in the story. Uh, <laughs> Son of yeah. a bitch. <laughs> yeah, they're all there. Well, I, I, I personally am excited because I really do love a cult storyline. Um, and just kind of like you know, the writing that goes into deciding that these people are good, these people are bad, because no one believes that they are the enemy. They think that they are fighting for what's right. And it seems to me that, you know, maybe it's a story of hate, but maybe it's also a story of perceived righteousness. Well, so much of The Last of Us is the perspective of the group. Like, no one, no one group is bad or one person is bad or, uh, or good for that matter. Like, the ending of The Last of Us, spoiler alert, but there's a lot of people that see Joel as the villain or the hero, depending 
which, which side of it you're looking at. And that's kind of what we're trying to hit um, with this game. Yeah. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> <laughs> needs of the many, needs of the few. Are there ever any recap panels where people get to talk about the decisions that were made? That's what it should be, a recap panel, or just an entirely spoiler-ridden panel. OK, let's talk about atmosphere. Uh, we have seen inside this trailer that it, it's, very, it's very dark, it's very gritty. It felt, I don't know, I mean, you say there are moments of lightheartedness in the, in the sequel, um, but here it seems like we're in a very wet, rainy area. Some might say Seattle. Is that true? <laughs> I they guess let we me ask just confirmed it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could say that. Uh, a large part of the game takes place in Seattle, which Reddit detectives have already figured out. Man, Reddit is so good. Look at this. We made it all the way to the West Coast. Do you guys come down to Cali? <laughs> Little San Francisco, Los Angeles action? Is that where Joel's album dropped? <laughs> I was pretty bummed to find that, you know, like the whiskey was closed. What? Really? I thought that was joke was going to do better. Not <laughs> we're, we're in Anaheim. You guys are still just like, last of us. These are the moments of levity he was talking about. Continue. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> really good. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting because I feel that I very much want the game to come out now because I have uh, been a fan of it for all of, I don't know, two years. So I guess I've waited. I've, I'm not, I haven't waited as long as everybody else has. But are you guys nervous at all? And maybe I just kind of want to ask each of you individually. Um, when you go into creating the second half of such a large enterprise, are you nervous about the reactions that you're going to receive? Are, are you excited for that? Troy? Troy? <laughs> yes, sir. Um, there's something that The Last of Us taught me is um, this, a story like this requires a, a higher level of trust and faith more than any other, any other project I've been a part of and really I think any other game that's come out for sure. And that's all the place that everybody who touched this thing um, operated in, is we, when we, when I found out what the ending was going to be, I knew that people were going to be on one side or the other, and Neil knew that, and he and I discussed this, and it's like, people are either going to love it or they're going to hate it, but what we don't want is for people to just be like, eh, mm. and ambivalent. And it's the same thing here, if, if we go into this thing making this something that we hope that people will like, or that people will believe is as good as, or it's better than, or it still feels like, then we're not making the game that we're supposed to be making. And so all of us are just kind of keeping our heads down and trying to tell this story. We've told that story, um, and now this is where we are. And so it's, it's kind of the same moment of walking out there. It's like, look, we're just going to be out here to speak truth. Um, and it's, it worked out well the last time, and I think it's going to work out well for us this time. Yeah, I think that's great. I'm going to clap for you, Troy. That's beautiful. Good job. I can say I have never been more nervous about being cast in something um, than being cast in this. I, every, every day before I go in to start shooting, I, uh, I want to throw up. Just because, I mean, in a good way, just because, <laughs> like, there's so much to it live up to. Way. Like, you know, these two are my best friends and so you know when I even went into audition I was 
dying on the inside because I wanted it so bad. And, and then to get cast and to know that, that then I have to live up to the performances that you gave and, and the writing that you guys are providing is just so phenomenal. And I just... Do you, feel, do you feel that way also about Uncharted? I mean, are you just like... Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I, they're, they're probably here still. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Uncharted, I, I love that too. Um, yeah, I'm just saying this made me really nervous is what I'm saying about this. And these guys, I love them and stuff. Uh, you know, it's good, <laughs> they say it's good to be nervous because it's a sign that you care. It's a sign cool. that you care a lot, and yeah. it's a sign that it's a quality product. And, and in the future, when you, go into making, when you go into making a sequel for something that is beloved, you're always going to have the people that just want to repeat the first experience. But that's not growth. That's not change. That's not life. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's definitely a fear there of... Because with the first game, it's like people liked it or, or didn't like it, and you're like, okay, well, we made a certain game to our taste. This is like the vision that we had for it. Um, and you accepted it. With the second game... What's hard for me, and I know other people on the team have this issue, is like, we're, again, making something we really believe in. There's a fear, there's a challenge there, like, we're trying to do something that's really challenging. As far from the, the kind of, I feel like we're doing something innovative in the way we're telling the story that we won't be able to talk about until the game is out. Um. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> But uh, you just have to lean into that fear and just say, you know, we're doing something we believe in. And, and the hard thing that I was getting to is there's going to be fans of the first game that aren't going to like the second game. And that we have to be okay with that. And there's going to be people that just never played the first game are going to love the second game. And all we have to do is be, all we can do is be true to ourselves and keep making what we believe in. Right. Um, that's how, that's it. That's absolutely right. That has always worked for Naughty Dog, and that will forever be how we make games, and we will forever continue to make single-player, linear, narrative-based games. Ooh. Oh my god. What about... And Somebody give that boy a mic to drop. <laughs> yeah, give that man a mic to drop. What about part three? <laughs> This is, so much of this panel is literally just me asking. You are asking the hardest questions. In. I'm sorry, I can't help it. Sorry, let me, let me talk to you a bit more about your experience as an artist. Hallie, how's your experience as an artist been? No, well, um, I guess, is there any messaging that you wanted to come in and convey through this form of storytelling? Again, this is the first video game you've worked on, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm messaging messaging uh, is really going to come down to the theme that Neil had when I came onto the project. But what I think and to sort of uh, what he was saying before, like I think the reason that the first game succeeded in large part was because he was drawing incredibly authentic characters and they weren't tropes or archetypes, they were these very complex people who had done both good and bad things, negotiating a difficult world and negotiating a complicated relationship. And I think uh, while of course we wanna make people happy, the priority has to be on doing right by Joel and Ellie and all of the characters in the story and giving them 
uh, inauthentic arc and difficult uh, conflicts to, to engage with. Yeah. And see how they grow and change. And see how the world has grown and changed. Because from the first game to now, the entire, you know, the entire planet has continued to be infected and these factions have developed. And there's really not much more they gave me to work with here in terms of what we can talk about, um, which is fine. What do you guys think about your characters? Love them? <laughs> hate them? <laughs> that... No, I but truly. Uh, so you guys are siblings. You've grown up in this world, I assume. I mean, th I think their age is undetermined. Can you tell us how old they're? Uh, Yara is 16 and Lev is 13. Oh, that's yep. so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys love being in that cult or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk um, about your work as an artist. Do you love cults? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Uh, depends which cult. <laughs> right? Um, but truly, though, uh, what do you feel like is something that you have taken away from working with this character? Is there a, a sense, uh, kind of like we were talking about with Ashley about Ellie, is there a sense of attachment development there? Do you feel close? Akin like I said, I felt attached to her from like the very first time I read her character description, and I had no clue what the project was. Mm. Um, I, there are aspects of her personality that I find similar to mine and aspects that I really admire. And, um, yeah. An extremely I, high yeah. pain tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, um, and I also, I was very excited to, to hear her story, which is absolutely um, very complex and very uh, careful. Careful. Very <laughs> awesome. So um, but no, I was very excited to also have a little brother uh, in the game because in real life I have five older brothers, so this is a nice change. Oh, Aww. that's great. Did you guys record your scenes together? I mean, aside from the motion capture, but when you were doing all the, I mean, in motion capture, do you record the audio simultaneously? Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, I don't make video games. <laughs> <laughs> in motion capture, usually it's just like motion, but in performance capture, it's full capture. So you do the face and the voice and the body all at the same time. It's so ah. like the, the, the scene you see her with when she's got the helmet on and a little, there, there's a camera that's like six inches away from our face that's capturing yeah. all of the face. And then that weird suit that we wear is capturing <laughs> all of the, the, the body data. And then they have typically two mics, which I think Naughty Dog was one of the first people that I know to do that because you'll have a lot of dynamic scenes and people start screaming. So they wanted to make sure that we don't have to redo the, the scene because the audio got blown out. And so it really became a way of let's get everything together at the same time. Yeah. And that's how you can get a scene like a one continuous shot of someone being hung. Yeah. Hanged? Whatever. Hanged. Hanged. <laughs> Hanged. Yeah. Hanging, Hanging up. Hanged. Hmm? Hanging out. Hanging out. Yeah. Hanging. It, it's, it can be challenging with the, uh, the face cam for any time you're like doing something more intimate or like getting close to somebody. Like you're Do you get close to somebody? <laughs> like, we'll come just, on, like, let's go. Clean. You know. <laughs> oh. Is there closeness in this game? <laughs> Nobody is ever close in this game. We're very <laughs> 10 feet away from each other at all times. I'm hoping for like some closeness, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's really what I've got my fingers crossed for. <laughs> Looking at you, Ashley. I mean, Ellie. I know the difference between you and your character. <laughs> Sometimes I don't. <laughs> let's go. Let's explore that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that, like, y with you guys, your ability to convey the story, because 
To be honest, The Last of Us was the first video game I ever played. And I just didn't have a console my whole life. And then I got one, and then I played The Last of Us. So I've set my own personal bar for playing games incredibly high. I got to tell you, it's a tough game to start with, because now when I play other games, I'm like, where's the complex character development? I don't care about these people. Where's the story? Where's the, qu the qualms of morality? You know, and if you guys have a, like a list or something you can give me, that would be great. I can't find my complex character development. <laughs> That's me, yes! That's literally me! Th those are in loot boxes, it's MTXs, you got it. <gasps> oh! The burns! No? Oh, no. oh the burns! <laughs> And there goes yeah. Troy's career. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> he went there. Well, Troy, since you haven't gotten a chance uh, to talk much on this panel, I just I guess I'm, I'm curious to hear about how your experience playing Joel has evolved. Can you tell me? Man, I don't think, uh, I look back at the person that walked in, and actually we were, as a goof, we were looking at pictures. If you like, don't do this. But <laughs> I Googled myself last night. Is this way? Is this why I, was, why I was sitting next to you? Yeah, and, <laughs> and I feel like a little image search, and there's the guy that walked in circa you know 2011, I think is when we started this, and uh, or 2010, and wow, and Neil just took took my phone and showed Holly, and he goes, Joel, and it's a picture of me at the Final Fantasy pr premiere. <laughs> Don't laugh, dude. That's not cool, man. <laughs> Just pass that around and everybody will There's get a There's so get much a good hair. It's, so it's, it's Troy Baker 2011 it's and Troy just, Baker Final Fantasy. And just all the hair. Holly was the one that said that. No, you no, said, yeah, yeah. It was, I you said, said MySpace this. hair. You were like, man, you got some MySpace hair. Sick <laughs> Bernie. Greatest joke that anyone's ever told. <laughs> so the, the guy that walked into that thing, I, I look back and I go, that, that was someone who was naive and full of fear and um, lacked a lot of identity. Are they showing Can we it? Do that? Oh no, is it pulled hey, up? Hey, thanks, camera B. <laughs> <laughs> about to have a poignant moment. A guy goes, I got it. <laughs> um, but all of us, I mean, when Ashley, the first thing that she said, she was like, this game fundamentally changed our lives. I mean, our, our dynamic inside, both on and off the stage, has changed. And I, I'll never forget. Um, when she and I first walked into the stage on Culver just to do, just to hear the pitch from, from Neil and Bruce um, about what this game was going to be about. We had both gotten the gig, and so we felt a little more comfortable, and he walked us through, and I think it was about 45 minutes to an hour to just walk us through, this is going to be The Last of Us. And they said, do you want to take a break? And we're like, sure. And she and I walked outside and just, I think, breathed for the first time in an hour and I looked at her and I said, do you realize that if this thing sucks, it's because of us? <laughs> because it's so good. And man, I think about all the days between that and this. And more than anything, it's, it's for me, it's been, uh, we all want to make a game that we want to play. But there's nothing like going literally the world over and being at a convention or something and having someone stand in front of me or in front of Ashley uh, or in front of Neil and just can't, they can't find the words uh, to be able to express what this game has meant to them and for them and, and the times that it's carried uh, them through 
And for me, it's the reason why I play is because if Joel and Ellie can get through that, I can get through Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Give it up for Tuesday. That's beautiful. Over 
Jordan I'm just a going over I'm just a going over Jordan I'm just a going over I'm just a The world of The Last of Us is dangerous. Unless you're living in a protected area, there is something lethal around every corner. Once you venture out of your home, you're in danger. And where we're taking the story and where we're taking Ellie is like each step of the way, she's putting herself in more and more danger to bring these people to justice. I would say that the world in every sense of the word is bigger than The Last of Us Part One, both in scale and the amount of physical space that exists for you to explore if you encounter other people. Yeah, this route has its perks. Our hope is to make every corner a challenge, make every decision hard for Ellie. And so we do that not just in the gameplay you experience, but also in the level design. So part of that is making certain experiences really hostile, be it through weather or through rivers or, or craggy cliffs or slick snow. But we also use it in terms of how blind the player is. Like, what can they see? How safe do you feel? Can you see a threat coming around the corner? You never know if the bullets in your gun are going to be enough. You never know if you can stop and bandage your arm. You can never fully breathe. And we want you to be in alignment with Ellie, who can never fully breathe when she experiences this trauma. For Jackson specifically, we wanted to make it feel like a very close-knit kind of community that's focused on family, focused on sustainable ways of living. I obviously have the hydroelectric dam generator that's powering the town, so we have you know, electricity in Jackson, which is not something that maybe players would expect to see in the world. But given that we're further in time, we wanted to show that there are certain people dedicated in the world to rebuilding a life that doesn't revolve around killing people and, and scavenging. As you walk around the town, you can hear kids laughing. You could see um, people going into restaurants and eating, and it's a very kind of tranquil town. Now, we know there's all these horrible things happening outside the walls, but they've been able to protect the innocence of, of this town. Jackson, in many ways, represents what is at stake for our characters, uh, a life of peace and relative comfort, uh, a life where you can fall in love, a place where children can play and it's okay. And I think you know, when we were looking at building out Jackson, it's like, okay, how many of those moments can we represent? What's awesome about the world of The Last of Us is it shows just how precious the things that we take for granted in our everyday lives, how precious those things really are. Seattle compared to Jackson is uh, very different. It's 
more of a war zone, I would say. Part of the interesting thing with Seattle or the Pacific Northwest is that there's all this rain and all this foliage and wildlife, and it's this very lush area that if someone were to sell down, it'd be a pretty good place to sell down just as far as the kind of fruit you can scavenge, the animals you can hunt. And then because it is so lush, because it is so um, teeming with resources, is why there are multiple factions trying to fight over those resources. <laughs> One faction you run into in Seattle is the Washington Liberation Front. When the outbreak happened, the military took some pretty drastic actions and quarantined parts of the country. And this was their way of protecting the population that has survived this horrendous outbreak. And because of that, it led to rise of these resistance groups. And in the first game, we saw the Fireflies. And we heard about other groups, and in this game we get to see, here's another group that rose called the Washington Liberation Front that was able to defeat the army and thereby take over a lot of their equipment. And they're this very militaristic faction. And at the same time, you have the Seraphites. And they're a religious group that also came up out of the outbreak that believed that the pandemic came because of sin. They're trying to reset the world and return it to a better place than it was. In The Last of Us, almost any group that has survived this long has to be dangerous. Um, if you're not dangerous, you're not gonna survive. You're gonna become someone's victim. And the two factions you run into are both very dangerous. The WLF has a lot of military equipment that they're able to use to defend the area, and they have large numbers, whereas the Seraphites are very quiet and stealthy and able to use the large amount of foliage to their advantage and they fight more in this kind of guerrilla warfare. How you deal with them is going to be different because they have different language, they have different communication style, the scars will whistle to each other with this different language. And they have some of the stuff that you have. You have a bone arrow, they can hit you with arrows and impale you and you have to pull the arrow out. They have big sledgehammers and melee weapons. The WLF, they have trained dogs that will sniff and attack you. Dogs are a new level of threat that Ellie hasn't had to negotiate before, and hopefully they create a new complicated choice for the player. We saw in them an opportunity to, to challenge people's perceptions of what a combat setup can be. We wanted to find really hard choices. The dogs themselves have names. They're called out by their owners. We wanted every setup to be challenging. Oh, that smell. Looks like Infected did this. How many do you think it would take to bring down a moose? Infected are still a threat in this world. We wanted to take first our basic classes that we had in the first game and say, okay, how do we, what's different about them now? So we'll have scenarios where way more runners, like we can have hordes sometimes of runners coming after you and it might be about just escaping because the odds are just overwhelming. You know, this thing just keeps mutating. There's, there's certain evolutions of infected that you haven't seen before, certain new classes. There's the shamblers, which kind of have these exploding acid clouds. Uh, when you get near them. You're running down a hallway and you have to suddenly make a decision like, oh, do I want to take the damage and go through this cloud or find some other route or go back the way I came? And it kind of forces you to on the fly kind of make new decisions about how you're going to deal with uh, the threat behind you or potentially in front of you. 
So again, it's about how do we make fighting against infected intelligence. So when you come on a space, you're listening to audio cues because different classes will make different sounds. If you just go in guns blazing and throw caution in the wind, you could easily get overwhelmed and regret that strategy. That level of uncertainty and instability is something our characters have to carry with them every day as they go out into the world to protect the people they love most. And that threat is banging on their door every day. I really hope you make it.